Good morning, everybody. Today, Mr. Shem will be learning Daf Samachvav in Maseches Kiddushin. Uh, we'll start in the middle of Samachem Beis. We're going to be learning for Achenu Kol Beis Yisrael. We need each other more than ever, as Rabbi Howard Shlita says. Okay. What was the story, Barry? Uh, these strangers come from Medina Sayam. Strangers come out of nowhere. Two men and a woman and a purse full of money. And they each have a different story. Right, she wants to go into shiduchim, meaning she wants to start getting married. But one of the men is saying, "Well, each of the men really are saying that's my wife. This other guy is my slave. This is my money." The other guy is saying the same thing about, and she's saying, well, "I don't know what you're talking about. These are both my slaves." Anyways, the halacha is <coughs> that she has to get. So we'll see. Says the Gemara. Uh, so, so says the Gemara, Vatispara, 23 lines down, right in the middle. Vatispara, does this make any sense? What does it make, what does make sense? Well, the halacha, the halacha was that she in fact has to get ksuva, two getin, one from each man, because each man himself said that he's married to her, so she has to get a, a get from each one of them. And, you know, when you give a get, you have to also pay the ksuva. Where is she going to get the ksuba from? She's going to get it from that sack of money. Okay. So the Gemara had analyzed and it said, wait a minute. Were there, were there Adim here? Well, huh. if there were two Adim, so certainly, right, anytime you have two Adim, so then you have to believe it. So that can't be the case. These are all strangers coming with no Adim. And there can't have been certainly two Adim. And the Gemara says, well, if there was no Adim at all, so we wouldn't believe any of the claims, and we wouldn't have to give a ksuba, and we wouldn't have to give a get at all. And therefore, <coughs> the case must be that well, there's edachad. So that's what these cases are looking like. Because after all, what are we trying to prove, Andrew? We're trying to prove when it comes to, right, halachas of davashabah erba, can you actually believe an edachad uh, for davashabah erba? So the Gemara says, but this part, does it really make sense? That there was an Eid Echad in that particular case? After all, the question of the Gemara is as follows. Normally, let's say, let's, let's, for argument's sake, let's assume that when you have a single Eid, you actually will believe that single Eid with regards to Kiddushan. Now, you'll remember, what, what, what is the point of a single Eid? This is the sort of yeshivish thing we said yesterday, that if in fact... Anytime you believe in Eid Echad, right? The reason you believe that Eid Echad is not because it's a real testimony or a formal testimony or, <coughs> or more so what they would say in the yeshiva, a kiyum b'davar, right? Whenever you have a for, formal thing that you need Eidim in order to make the thing actually valid, so that's not, we're not even necessarily talking about formal testimony or, or, or it, could, it could be either Again, a formal testimony, or it could be, right, something that you need Adam in order for it to exist. And we're not really sure. Is that what the case is with, when it comes to Kiddushin? Is it like when you have the two Adam at a wedding? Can you be married without them? Or, or what is the purpose of those Adam? Are they there to testify that the marriage took place? Or do you need them in order for the marriage to actually take place? This was the question that we were asking yesterday. Anyway, over here... We were trying to prove, well, maybe from this case you could see the fact that the woman needs a get from each one of these men is going to show you that, no, you only need one aid for a marriage to take place, which is to say 
that once you have somebody telling you that such a thing happened, that they in fact were married, so he's really more of like a resource, right? He's showing you, it's a Raya Dover. He's showing you that he knows, he happens to know he was there, and he could tell you, it would be like seeing the videotape, so to speak, right? He's telling you that this occurred. It's not an Eilakiyum Adavar. He's showing you that this happened. But says the Gemara now, Vatispara, the Gemara is saying that would be true if nobody was contradicting his evidence. So in other words, four strangers show up. We have no idea who they are. One guy comes in and he says, I happen to, tell, to know, you know, let me give you the background on these people. Okay, so maybe... Maybe, maybe we'll believe this guy because just like we'll see, as we'll see God willing today, right? The whole idea of Eid is Naman and a lot of different things. For example, if you want to know whether you could eat in, right, someone's house, right? And the, the man of the house or the woman of the house more likely is saying, yeah, this food is kosher. I got it at Seven Mile Market. So she's an Eid right? You don't need to bring in a set of witnesses, to tell you, right, you don't need them to come and tell you with a set of witnesses in a court of law that the food is kosher. So similarly, over here, if you have an Eid perhaps you should be believed, and that's really our question, if that's true in Kiddushin as well. But all of that only makes sense if nobody else comes in and says, I saw it, that's Chazar Treif, which is to say there's nobody to contradict. Once you, once you have a contradiction, an Eid is never going to be uh, believed. So that's what the Gemara is saying here. That That's a weird case to bring an example from, because in that case, these two men were contradicting each other. So of course, the Eidus, even if it's an Eid Echad, shouldn't really be informative in terms of what, how we would treat Eid Echad in the future. So says the Gemara again. But why, to, yeah. why would you say that? You know, each one could be believed for his own reasoning. Why do we all automatically say, well, if you have a hakasha, right. we just throw it out. Right. And and the other guy is not believed. What makes him more believable than the first person? Okay. So Barry wants to say, why are we why are we disregarding an Eid Echad um, when somebody is is going to contradict him? Well, we do know that even if you have two Eidim, right? If you have two Eidim, uh, even in a court of law, and they contradict each other. We throw them both out of, out of court. There's Eidei HaKhasha. So we'll say, yes, that's evidence, but it's evidence that we don't accept uh, as meaningful to the testimony, right? We, we won't say that there's no evidence if you bring two Eidim and then somebody else brings two Eidim that contradict him, but we'll say that we're throwing both of them out of court also when it comes to Eidei HaKhasha. So just like it would be true of two Eidim, it certainly is true of one aid, but it's even more true of one aid. And the reason I think you would think of it that way is because the whole point of one aid is that he's giving you proof of something, right? He's, he's or I should say it differently, Raya Ladavar isn't even proof. He's um, guiding you, right? You, you have no, you're totally disoriented. You have no context. And he's giving you the context. Well, that's helpful, right? And, he's, and when he's guiding you towards understanding what the situation is. But once he's contradicted, then what use is he? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Once he's contradicted, that's of, no, that's of no help whatsoever. So the way you're asking the question, Barry, is like you're asking it more like as if it's evidence in a court of law and what makes one more believable than the other. And I understand that. But here, what we're trying to say is, can you really effectuate a kedushin? Can you say that this woman would have to get a, have to get, a get when we have no idea who these people are and the one guy who has something to say to us is being contradicted by somebody. 
So then you're certainly not going to, based on that, treat her like an ashes ish and say she can't get married. So, yeah, okay, in a court of law, you'd have to sort out who's right. But here, when we have no context and all the guy's doing is giving you context and then he's contradicted, we can't assume that anything he's saying is correct, right? Anyway, so the Gemara takes that as a good um, <clears throat> sort of like contradiction. The Gemara is saying that that's true. This Eidechad this has no credibility. And now the Gemara is just going to explain in that very peculiar case of the two men and the woman in the purse, why she in fact has to get a get, says the Gemara. As far as, far as Mishri Alma permitting the woman to marry anybody else, everyone's going to agree that she can marry. In other words, there's obviously no Edis here at all, as Barry pointed out. And really, when the Bryce is giving, telling you that each, she has to get a get from each one and she gets the Ksuba from the purse, what the Bryce is actually teaching you is the only reason she's taking the get is not because she has to get married. She could get married without the get. She's only taking the get as a hechatimsa, as they say, right? As a pretense to take the ksuba, right? Because after all, you can't take the ksuba without a get. So she's willing to take the get in order to pick up the ksuba. And this fits her narrative of being able to get the ksuba payment out of that, out of that sack of money. And in fact, that price reflects the review of Meir to Amar Metatale Mishtabla Ksuba. Yeah, in order to say that the ksuba, uh, that the ksuba is actually, can be taken from a sack of money, you have to just go like Rameir, as Rashi points out, right, that this was in ksuba staff pay, this whole machlokas as to whether ksuba, in fact, has to be collected from land, right, from real estate, from karka, or can it be, in fact, collected from metaltalin, and if you hold like Rameir in that particular gemara, that, that ksuba can be, um, collected from metaltalin, so then that gemara is going to make sense, the b'risa makes sense, that the whole thing was just about collecting the ksuba, the actual get was not required, and thus, that b'risa, after all is said and done, Andrew, does not actually reflect anything about whether an edachad would be believed for kiddushin. So now the gemara wants to know, my havi Allah, so what is in fact the halacha? Can you, can we think that an edachad would effectuate a kiddushin? Rav Kahana Amar, ain't choshin le kiddushav. No. With an edachad, no kiddushin. Rav Papa Amar, Choshishin Lekidushov. There's a machlokas. Rav Papa says, we do think that we can make a, or not that, the, that, that we are Choshish for Kiddushin. In other words, you have an Eidechad say that she's married, you're going to need to get a get in order for her to go start dating again. So Amalei Ravashi, the Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana says, you're not worried about Kiddushin. Ravashi wants to know, what's his reasoning? Ma'idaitech. What's your logic? Is it the Yalaf, Davar, Davar, Mimamon? Are you expanding the Gezeira, Shava? What's Davar, Davar? It says, Alpishnaim Eidim Yakum Davar, right? We know that famously, that you need two Eidim uh, for testimony. And we know that when it comes to, to Dine Mamanos, right, that the Pasuk says Davar, and therefore, right, if that's the case, maybe you need two Eidim for, right, for a, uh, for Dine Mamanos, right? So the question is, is that what, is that why you're saying, that a single aid is also not true, right? Because we say with regards to Dine Davashaba um, Erva, right? We say that Vayimsaba Davar, right? When the man found her Davar. So there we see an expansion from Dine Mamanus to Dine, right? Davashaba Erva, right? The call Davashaba Erva requires Davar also. And, right, when it comes to Dine Mamanus, we say, 
that also the word davar appears. So now, right, once you have, you put it all together, it sounds like when it comes to Dine Mamanus, maybe you would need to, and therefore davar shavar you would need to, right? Because Avkahana says, Ein choshin l'kidusha, but one aid would not be enough. However, says Rav Ashi to Rav Kahana, that may not work because you can't say that everything that's true of Dine Mamanus is also true of Dine Davashiva Erba. Why? Because says Ravashi to Ravkana, E Malahalan Hodas Baldin Kamea the dummy, Afkan Hodas Baldin Kamea Edim dummy, that the parallel of Mamanus to Erva can't be complete. Why? Because when it comes to Mamanus, if Andrew walks into court and he says, Hodas Baldin, he says, I owe Barry a hundred dollars. That admission of Andrew's is going to be like a hundred Aden. Nobody could ever take that away from him. It's like, that's like signed, sealed, and delivered. Barry can already take it to the bank, as the phrase goes. Uh, that's called Odas Baldin. It becomes legally binding, Andrew. However, that you would not be able to say by Davashim Erba. Would you say that Odas Baldin came Aden Dami with Davashim Erba? Literally, that means that the admission of the person who's, of the litigant, is as right is is as powerful as a hundred witnesses. Well, that would never be true because we already said Barry that if there were no witnesses, then even if the man and the woman themselves both come and, and testify that they were married, we would not believe them. Right. So the whole question we had was whether one witness would be enough. We we've already established that no witnesses is never enough when the when the chasen kala, even when the chasen kala who are the balei didn't admit it. So we see that there is a lack of parallel between Dina Mamanus and, and Dabr Shabbat Erva to the extent of the Hodas Baldin. Once you say, once you break that connection and you say that there's some differences, so maybe Eidachad also would be different. That even though there are some cases, uh, whether there are some cases or not, where Dina Mamanus, you would in fact, um, you would in fact uh, believe a single witness when it comes to Dina Dabr Shabbat Erva, there's a disconnect and the uh, the Dover Dover Hekesh does not go all the way. So Kahana says, wait, Yeah. Rav Kahana is saying that there's a reason why we believe, right, the Hodas Baldin in monetary matters. That's because if Barry said, if let's say Andrew admits that he owes Barry $100, that does not affect anyone else other than Andrew. In other words, where the Baal Din is the only one affected, so then we're going to believe the Baal Din. Because Andrew is saying, I am not, a, uh, right? Andrew is saying, I owe money. And that's it. That doesn't affect anybody else other than Andrew. I mean, obviously it affects Barry also, but, but in the positive way. Whereas, here, when you have two, right, you have like a man and woman saying that they're married, well, if that's true, so then they're going to be also to the other Krovim. That's not like a victimless crime, so to speak, right? If you're, it's not a victimless lie because it impacts more than just the chasen kala themselves. It impacts other people as well. Now the families are connected, the krovim are usher, and therefore it is for that reason that we do not allow a baal din to speak of themselves, as Rashi says, shukrovosei nesrubo, of nesrimba, right? Because once you admit to this union, so that affects the two families, and therefore we don't just allow you to, to make a statement, and we're not going to believe you, um, um, right? We're not going to believe you without question as if it's real testimony. And in contrast to, right, in contrast to uh, 
Dine Mamanus, where we do believe you when you say you owe somebody money. So now, once you give that reasoning, and what Rav Kahana is saying is, once you give that reasoning, so now we have a svara as to why the two cases would be different. And once you have the svara as to why the two cases would be different, so then that's how he uh, responds to why ein chosheshin, that we're not going to believe a single aid, right, when it comes to um, aspects of kiddushin. Okay, so now um, the Gemara wants to know, when it comes to monetary things, what do we what do we say the function of the two Adim are? Right? We just said that it sounds like according to Kahana that the Adim in Kiddushan are like Lakiyam Adabra, that you need two Adim just for the Kiddushan to take place. Would that be true with regards to Mamanas also? So Marzutra Saba, Mari So we have a certain case with regards to monetary matters. There were two very very big Tamil Khamim, the sons of Mari Bar Isser. And Mari Barissa passed away. And now the estate is going to be divided. Right? So So they went, they showed up at their father's house and they put it all in their bank accounts. Uh, evenly. Also the commander of Ashi and Amrle. So then they asked Ravashi, they went before him and they asked him, Al Right? Certainly the Pasuk says, Al Pishnaim Edim Yakum Dover, as we've said. Right? And we have the Xer Shavar of Dover Dover and we, and we say that everything has to happen with Edim. However, they ask, Is that, is that a requirement of two witnesses? Is that only because if people want to lie or cheat or renege on their business dealings, then they can't do it? Is that why they have the two Adim? In other words, to enforce fairness, right? And equity? Well, when it comes to fairness and equity, we don't have an issue, right? We're Tamid Chachamim. We're upstanding citizens. We have no problem with this. In other words, we can have, we can save the legal fees, right? Because you know our tati, who's a big talmud chacham, passed away with a thousand dollars in bank account. So I'm taking five hundred. He's taking five hundred. Like, why should we pay two thousand dollars to a lawyer, a real estate um, an estate uh, lawyer, right? To 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 pass to d- divide up the inheritance. We're just going to each take the money and go home. Or, see, really, this is where you get the idea of Kiyomadavar. Or maybe the reason you need two Adim is because the whole transaction can't happen without Adim. That's what that means, literally. That's what they mean by Kiyomadavar, that the whole inheritance can't happen because you need two Adim to make the inheritance legitimate, right? So again, do we need to hire two Adim and an estate lawyer in order to divide the inheritance because that's what the Torah is prescribing it as part of a kiyama davar? Or is it just there to make sure that we're not, there's not going to be any funny business with the, with the money? And for that reason, we don't need Aiden because we're just splitting up the money anyway. So, So Ravashi said, no, you could just put the $500 each in your bank account. You don't need extra witnesses. You don't need an extra lawyer. Save yourself legal fees because these witnesses are only for the purpose of avoiding shakranim, right? Chakra liars. In other words, you guys are upstanding citizens and therefore you don't need the extra, right, Aiden. Okay. So that means that when it comes to the Dine Mamanus, it's not Lakiyam Adavar. Okay, so fine. But we still don't know necessarily what the answer would be with regards to Kedushin, but it sounds like we're going to go with Rav Kahana, that you, you should have two witnesses. Okay. Amar Abaye, nine up from the bottom of Samachem and Beis. Amar lo Eid Echad So continuing in this topic of an Eid Echad with Isurin. 
if a guy's eating a burger and a Rahman al-Tzlan, somebody tells him, you know, you know where that's from? That's Chalev, it's Asr. So says the, uh, so Abayah says, V'halash oseik neman. If the person who he's talking to is eating the burger remains silent and doesn't contradict him, then that witness is believed. Well, if that witness is believed, then he has to bring a korban chatas. This is, this is consequential, Barry, because if the, ba- the base maker should be rebuilt a person who eats chalev b'shogeg, right, he didn't intentionally eat the chalev, he didn't announce that he's eating the chalev, and he just found out. So you have to bring a korban chatas. Bringing a korban chatas is significant because you're taking an animal and you're shechting it. If you were not chayv to bring the korban chatas, you're bringing chulin ba'azar, right? Then, you, then it's an iser of, it's of misappropriating the animal. You can't just shecht non-korbanas and bring korbanas misafek, except for obviously the su- you had a suffix, you, you did it b'shogeg, the avera, but now you know for sure that you did the avera b'shogeg, and therefore that entitles you to take the animal and offer it as a sacrifice, which otherwise you would not be able to do. So therefore, now you are hive to bring that korban chatas based off of the testimony of a single aid. Okay. So now Abayi continues, it says, v'tanatuna, and we have a Mishnah increases to support this. Amar lo eidechad, says the Mishnah, achalta chilev, halo amar lo achalti pater. So the mission increases says that if a person says, hey, you're eating a chalef sandwich, and the second person disagrees, and he says, that's not true, I saw this animal shechted, or I saw the hechsher, and I did not eat a chalef sandwich, <coughs> that the person who's eating the hamburger is potter from the korban chatas. However, said, the inference is, time the whole reason he doesn't have to bring a korban chatas is because he's contradiction, the eidachan. But the inference is, ha'ishtik mehemam, that if he did not answer him, that at all, and stays silent, then in fact the first single aid is believed, and based off of that he's going to bring korban chatas, and that is a biased proof, out of an inference, as Mishnah increases, that in fact an eidachat is believed to, to say that a, chalef, a sandwich is a chalef sandwich. That's teaching number one of a He's going to have two more similar teachings. Similarly, when it comes to Tumantara, right, a single uh, aid says, your tahor food are now tameh, then that witness is believed and he's going to have to be careful. <clears throat> There's an assumption here. Um, remember, again, the basic mix should be rebuilt. Right? You can't, uh, there's a little bit of machlokis whether a tameh person can eat tahor food, but be that as it may, right, he's certainly going to make the food tameh and tameh and tahor was as big of a deal as kosher and non-kosher and so that would be relevant in, in that context, an aid echad would be enough, right, to, to have evidence to tell you whether something is tamer to her. And similarly, tanatuna, there we also have a brisa to support that aid echad omer nitmu, bala omer lo nitmu, right? If somebody says that your tahar food became tummy, I saw them, and the person says, no, I was watching them. I had these bags with me, I packed them myself, and I had with me in my possession at all times, and I saw that they did not become tummy, so then you'll be potter. However, Taima, right, which is to say, pater in this case is that the food would be considered tahor. However, taima the amar love. That's only if you have contradicting evidence that it stayed tahor. But if you don't, ha'ishdik meheman, right? This single witness can in fact make a tummy. And the third teaching of Abaya, similarly, v'amar Abaya, amar leidecha, as we arrive at some of the shorcha near b'vahala shosek. We know that if a shor, as first Rashi Samachvav says, if a shor becomes violated, then he, you can't bring him as a korban. Rashi points out, you're not going to stone this shore because for that you're going to need two witnesses. 
uh, it says in Baba Kama, which we'll learn Hashem, soon enough. But it's certainly enough to disqualify it as a, as a korban, as Rashi explains. So anyway, somebody's saying, we saw that Yeshua was sodomized, and you don't know anything, you show sake, Naman, you believed, and that shore will now no longer be eligible for slaughter, for korbanos. Abai says, Vitanatuna, and there too, Vishnevdabavera. Nevdabavera is a, a nice way of saying that the animal was sodomized. Vishahemis, or a shore that killed. Alpi edechad, alpi abalim. Then whether you establish this fact by an edechad or by, right, this is, this by the way is a Mishnah in Bechoros. Whether this um, was established by an edechad or by the animal's uh, actual owner, he, he saw it, Ne'eman, you believe them? Again, this is, this is it, we're in the world, guys, of right, certain things you need right, full-fledged formal witnesses for, and certain things you need somebody who was there, who knows, to give you the information, right, to just direct you and give you context. So if somebody says, this shore was sodomized, you don't need a formal Besden for that, you believe him, uh, and you can act accordingly. Says the Gemara, Baye wants to know, um, what's going on here in this Mishnah in Bechoros? Wait a minute. What does it mean, Eid Echad? He just wants to show that if it's the case with the Balim and Modu, then the Mishnah had already said that the, the Balim said it was okay. In other words, that's how he, inf- impl- he gets the implication from the Mishnah that the case had to have been where there was an Eid Echad who said that the shore was sodomized, and then the Baal was quiet. That has to be the case. Because again, if the Baal himself corroborated the evidence, then that's already stated in the Mishnah, as Alpi Baalim. And if the Baal was going to contradict the evidence, then that's an Eidechad with a contradicting um, evidence, which we don't believe, right? That's like saying, I ate a kosher sandwich or I ate a Torah sandwich. So it must be that the case where the Baal, in fact, was Shasik, and it is in that case that we believe in Eidechad, as is true in all three cases that Abaya brought up. And now the Gemara wants to know, why did Abaya have to bring up all three cases? They all seem to be pra- parallel and exactly the same. Is it not redundant? Says the Gemara, it's not redundant. If you only learn the first case of the Chalev, if the person himself, let's say, not sure that he ate Chalev, it's still not, then, then, then he would not bring a Korban. Because again, the consequences of uh, of eating a chayla sandwich b'shogeg chas v'shalom is that you have to bring a korban chatas, right? So there, right, he surely would not risk, um, you know, uh, bringing that korban unless he knew for sure that that this was a chayla sandwich. So therefore, it's good that we brought that case. Of course, we brought the case of the chayla because there, there's a real consequence of having to bring a korban chatas at the risk of bringing a chulam ba'azara. Yeah, in the case of just a tahar and tamay sandwich, the stakes are a little, not as high, right? You could say, why does he remain silent? Because, okay, he doesn't want to start a fight, but he may be thinking, like, why am I, I going to bother contradicting him? Anyway, the food is going to be fit for him when he's tamay. In other words, okay, so it's tamay. All right, so I'll treat it as tamay. Sometimes it's easier to go easier to go to the chumrah than to fight with the guy who's telling you that it's tamay. So since the consequences aren't as great, you might think that's why he's shosik. But otherwise, maybe he doesn't agree with him. But we say that no, that you, even though he's shosik for that reason, you have to take him seriously, and we believe that eidechad. 
And similarly, if you only learned about the tar or tummy food, well, there the stakes aren't so high, but there is some half said, because uh, again, this Gemara is assuming, Rashi is indicating that that's the assumption, but it's not necessarily uh, uncontroversial. But the point is, Rashi is assuming that you have to heat, eat tummy, um, that you have to, you cannot eat tummy foods when you're in a state of tahara. And therefore, when you're tahar, you have to eat tahar food. And it's for that reason that he's going to, in fact, continue to eat. Uh, he's going to have to wait until he's tummy to eat the sandwich. So even though it's not very consequential, it is a delicious sandwich. It would be nice if he could eat it now. Now he has to wait. But when it comes to the sodomized ox, well, the only consequence of that is, again, as Rashi pointed out in the very top of this page, you don't have to do anything with this ox. You just can't bring it as a korban. That's not, so you'll bring a different shore as a korban. Listen, not every shore can be zoicha to go on the mizbeach, right? A lot of shore, the shvarim don't end up on the mizbeach, right? I'm ne- I was never going to bring this shore as, as a korban anyway. I was going to use it, right, for work or whatever. And therefore, that's the least consequential case. And you might say that therefore that's the reason why he was shasik, and therefore his, um, his silence is not an implied consent of any kind. It's not a tacit agreement. It's simply out of, uh, he doesn't have the strength to fight the guy. And it is for that reason that he's acquiescing. And maybe, therefore, the Eid Echad that tells you that the Shor was nearby is not really uh, believed. Maybe this this silence is is still not uh, consent. Says the Gemara Tzricha. Therefore, Abai brought all three cases to teach you that in all three cases, a person's silence is actually lending credence to the testimony of the Echad. The silence is not necessarily assumed, it's not assumed that he's just being silent because he can't be bothered to contradict him. And therefore, in all three cases, the Echad would be, um, would be believed. And it is in all those three cases that Abai is going to say that an Eid Echad is Neman when the Baal Dover is silent. Now, Ibailu. Related case, going back to Dine Erefa, 12 lines down. A, a single witness says the wife was and the husband is silent. What would be the halacha? Barry, are we going to treat this like a sandwich? Are we going to treat this like Isra Veheter? Or are we going to go back to saying this is a Dara Vesheva Erva? Let's analyze. Amar Abaye. So Abaye, who's brought all of these halachas, is going to say, even in this case, Naman. Even in this case, he's Naman. It's just like Isra Veheter. Wow, he can no longer live with his wife based on the testimony of Edechad. Rava Amar Eino Neman. Rava disagrees with the Baya here. We know that this is Davar Sheba Erva. What? Yisho Mizanis is not the Davar Sheba Erva? How could anybody disagree with this? Don't you need two witnesses for this? That's what Rava says. Okay? Now again, he doesn't say that this is proof that adultery actually occurred perhaps, but it's enough to say that he's, so, 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 what's, so what's the halacha? Do we hold like Abaye or do we hold like Rav? Rav says a single witness is believed, so Abaye is going to try to bring a proof. Amar Abaye, let me explain to you why I think that a single aid is going to be believed. There was a certain blind man, he used to tell Mishnah in front of Shmuel. One day, he's late and he doesn't show up to to his to the to the session with Shmuel. Shalosh shliach abasri. Shmuel starts looking for him. Sends a shliach to find him. But the other shliach bechada urcha, he finds him on the wrong road. Also iu bechada. The blind man came on a different road. So the messenger and the blind man 
or, uh, the shliach right and the blind man are now crossing paths, uh, but in different places, and they can't find each other. Finally, Kiyasa shliach, messenger finally comes back, and he had not yet found him. So he's so Amar Ishtozinsa. What he finally came back. He went to the blind man's house, and the blind man had already left. Right, so their they, their lines were mis, there was miscommunication, and now he had been to the blind man's house. Now, having been to the blind man's house, the shliach now seems to have a piece of information he heretofore he had not had, which is what Ishtozinsa. He seems to have witnessed that the blind man's wife, right, had committed adultery. So now the blind man comes to Shemuel and he says, um, and he says what should I do? This, this shliach says that, that my wife was um, committed adultery. And he's a single shliach. So, Shemuel said to him, If you trust him, then you should divorce her. And if you don't trust him, don't divorce her. Wait, how is that a proof? Says the Gemara, My love, Imehem and Allah, the love Gazlonahu. Abaye says, Well, in other words, what that means is, if you think that my Shaliyah is trustworthy at all, which is to say he's not a Gazlan, which is to say he's not Pasal Laedus, then you have to divorce her, right? So the way Abaye understood that story is that if he is eligible to give any Edus at all, my Shaliyah, so then as is Eid Echad, he is enough, right, eligible enough to Pasal your wife and you have to divorce her. Wow. That's Rava's, that's a bias proof. So it says, Rava, imehem and lach kebe tre zil apke, be ilo lotapka. Rava says, no, 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 no. There is such a thing, and we've seen it already, that if somebody is so believable, he's like a, right, he's a gavarabba, he's so believable, like some of the chazal, and you, as you presume, right, the shliach um, of Shmuel, is so beyond reproach that his believability is like two adams. He says, if you believe him beyond any shadow of a doubt, because he has that kind of integrity, then you have to divorce your wife. That's what Rav is saying. But that is not trying to show that an Eid Echad is believed for these things. Um, so, that, so, so far, we don't have a proof. So now Abai is going to try to have another proof for the fact that an Eid Echad is going to be believed to say that a woman was Mizanar. Okay, I'll give you a different story. The story is as follows. A wild story. Melech was a Jewish king. And he went on vacation into the desert, as Rashi says, it's a, some, some, some Medina in the Midbar, and he's having a great time, he conquers 60 cities, he comes back from a great mood from his vacation, and he's so happy, and he's calling back all, in all the rabbis, and as Rashi points out, in Bayit Cheney, when they came back from the Gullus, they were poor, but they were willing to sacrifice everything in order to build the base of Mikdash. Maybe Zohar to build the third base of Mikdash from here by Amenu. And so they would bring these maluchim, which are like these spices um, and, and veggies that really were signs of their poverty. But here he's saying, no, we're going we're gonna to bring back, and now we are so wealthy that we're going to bring these signs of poverty, these maluchim, these little like veggies, verbs, sardines, whatever they are, and we're going to put them on big gold plates as a remembrance of, of our, right, humble roots, right? We're going to eat this to remind us of our humble roots and to show how far we've come, right? They put these maluchim on these golden tables and they feasted because now look at our humble roots and now look how far we've come. What a beautiful, what a beautiful idea of a Satov. Beautiful. 
But there was a nudnik there. Vayasham echad ish leitz. He was a leitz and a levra and a vlial. Wicked, lawless, nudnik. Ve'elazer ben pu'ira shemo. His name was Elazar ben pu'ira. Ve'yomer Elazar ben he started causing trouble. He says to the Yana Melech, Yana Melech, libam shal prushim alecha. He says, you know, these rabbis don't love you the way they seem to love you. Yes, they're giving you a lot of kavod, right, because of the, all the wealth and the money, and they want it for their yeshivas and all this, but they don't really like you. Umayaseh. So Rabbi Yana Melech, for whatever, Yana Melech, for whatever reason, uh, listened to this person, and he was asking for advice. So what should I do to determine whether they like me? So Hakem, so it says, Put the tzitz. Who wears the tzitz, Andrew? The coin gadol. Yana Melech happened to have been a coin. But his lineage was a little controversial. He was a coin whose mother had spent some time in abduction. Oh, okay. Well, as we've learned many times, that is a problem because she may have been violated at, prior to marrying Yana's father. And if that's the case, he's not allowed. And therefore, Yana's... Uh, this was very triggering for Yanai Melech because his Kohanic uh, Kashrus as a Kohen was in question because of this thing that happened to his mother. So you can see why he'd be very sensitive about this. So the rabbis didn't like talking about it because he was the king, but they wouldn't have loved for him to be the Kohen of Gadol, right? Because his Kahuna, even though it was like an unspoken thing, was a little bit in question. So, so Relazim and Poor Irao, fully aware of this controversy, Tells Yanai Melech, see what a nunnik is? He says, wear the tzitz and see how much the rabbis like you. So, hekim lahem b'tzitz, shebein enav. He put on the tzitz. Hayasham zaken echad. One of the elder rabbis were there. Yehuda ben Gedida Shemo. His name was Yehuda ben Gedida. Vayom Yehuda ben Gedida, lo Yanai Melech. Yanai Melech, you know, Ravlach Keser Malchus. He's trying to be diplomatic, but he's saying, you know what? Isn't it enough that you have the crown of the king? Hanach Keser Kuna Lazar Shalaron. You know, the Keser Kuna, maybe the tzitz doesn't really belong in your head. You take the the, the kahuna. He's trying to say in a nice way, take that tits off your head because I'm not so sure that you're a coin. As the Gemara explains, yeah, his mother, Yanai Melch's mother, had been captured in Modim prior to her marriage and therefore this whole thing was a very well-known controversy that Yanai Melch was very sensitive about. Anyway, it was well known in the hawk around town that they investigated whether his mother had been violated. Velo Nimtza. They didn't find hard evidence. Hence the controversy, Andrew. They didn't, never found true evidence. Uh, it was like Obama's birth certificate, Lahavdil, right? They never really found exactly what was going on, but it was kind of like this unspoken controversy, okay? So when that happened, Yanai got really angry. Obviously, it was very triggering for him, and he kicked out all the Chachmei Yisrael from the feast, Party's over, okay, at that point, when he told them, don't wear the tits. Uh, is this enough for Elazim Pur Ira? No. He was a real world class nudnik. He says, you know, if I was just an ordinary Jew, okay, and I was treated this way disrespectfully, and somebody doubted my lineage and said something about my mother, I would punch him in the face. All you did was kick him out of the party. And that's it? You're going to leave it at that? I mean, you're the melech. <coughs> you should really take action and punish them for this. You have to show the world that the, the birth certificate is correct. So Yanai asks him, I say, what should I do? So said Elazar, if you ask me, Rome said, we should kill him. Wow. 
But Torah so Yana wants to know, yeah, okay, how am I going to kill him? Like, who's going to pass in my Shilas? Says the Yelazar Hare Krucha Munachas Bekaradzav. He said, What do you mean who's going to pass in Shilas? Look, I'm looking in the corner, I see it say for Torah right there. The Tamil Chachamim aren't anything. All they do is read that thing, that say for Torah. So you'll get someone else to read it, and they'll become a Tamil Chacham, and that's how you pass in the Shilas. Right? Anybody who wants to learn it, the Torah isn't in the people, the Torah is in that scroll. Amar Nachem Bayitzchak, Nachem Bayitzchak pointed out, that moment, everything that bad of Apikorsus was in Yanai's head. Why? Because Yanai could have had given a very, very solid answer to this. Okay, I understand, there's a Torah scroll. But Torah Shabbat, Pemai. Who's going to learn Torah Shabbat Pei? After all, Andrew, that was passed from generation to generation from the Chachamim. You can't kill the Chachamim and expect to understand what the Torah Shabbat is saying. You need the Torah Shabbat Pei to understand the Torah. Anyway, what does any of this have to do with anything? Let's see. Miyad By the way, evil burst forth. They killed all the Chachamim Yisrael. Shimon B'Shetach was placed in hiding by his sister. And that was the one gadol that they were able to smuggle out of there. And everyone else was bereft of Torah knowledge until he came back and had to restore Torah to the world. This is a crazy uh, time in history. Uh, be that as it may, what does this have to do with anything? Wait a minute. Huh. Again, what was the story? The story was, There was a rumor that Yana's mother had been taken captive. And thus violated and Pasala Kahuna and all the all that. Well, what's that rumor? It says they looked into it Velonimsa. So if there in fact were Adim that she was captured, Uvetre Amri Loishtabai, my Khazahani. And then so if you're gonna say that two witnesses says that she was captured, and then two witnesses that she was not captured, you have the following difficulty. Why do you rely on these? Samachahani. Right? In other words, even if they contradicted, it's still evidence. You can't say that that's, that that's called Velonim saw they found evidence. Okay, they happen to have contradicting evidence, but this is really to Barry's question, right? Two witnesses is something. And so you can't say that they looked into it and they didn't find anything. They found two witnesses. It has to be, says the Gemara, El Echad. Oh, there was one witnesses. The time of the Kamachish lay betray, and the only reason his, his testimony was rejected, because one dude said, I saw that she was abducted, and then two guys came and said, it's not true. And that's why we dismissed him. However, halav that we see, this is all about his way of saying that you see in that whole story, the fact that it couldn't have been two Adam that started the whole rumor about Yana's mother. It had to have been one Adam. And the only reason that he was dismissed was because two Adam contradicted him, which shows you that this one Adam was enough to create the controversy, shows you that Adachad is Naman with regards to Znus. This whole story was brought in by Abayah to prove that point, to which Rava says, no, Lolom Shreu Trey. No, there were two witnesses that started the rumor. Yeah, and maybe the case is Eide Hazama, right? Because Eide Hazama, once you say Imanu Aisam Bari, so then that's not already Eide Akasha. Once you say Imanu Aisam, what are you doing? You're discrediting the original Adam in the first place, and it's as if it's never happened. So Hachanami Eide Hazama. That's what you're going to say that the case of Yanai's mother, there was an Eide Hazama. They said, you two are totally discredited because those guys who started the rumors could not have even had that information. Or, or like you're like Yitzchak, 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 Yitzchak had a whole different version of this story where the argument wasn't about whether 
uh, Yana's mother, whether, it happened, whether somebody was captured or not, the argument was, did they switch her out? In other words, who was captured and did they switch her out afterwards? That's a different argument. And therefore, it is for that reason that, uh, that we dismissed the story because it just had to know, it was really a matter of whether you knew the full story. It wasn't really a matter of whether you knew the original testimony and therefore it doesn't reflect on the original testimony. And that story of Abaye has nothing to do with Eidechad being believed for this kind of Dover Erva. So now, again, Abaye says an Eidechad is believed for Dover Erva. Rava says, no way. What's his proof? I'm a Rava, as we turn to him, Bez. We know, Aminullah, where do I say that you can't establish anything with the Dabr Shabbat and Eidechad? That's none. Because I have a Bryce that says the following. You ever hear about the story of the pool of Yavne, of Diskim? What was going on there? It was a mikvah. Everybody assumed that it had the requisite 40 saw of water. And then one day, a guy comes out and checks it. A mother do, they check. And they found out that it had less than four, the requisite 40 saw. Uh-oh. How many people have dipped in this over the last, <coughs> over the last years? So what happened? Rabbi Tarfan said, this mikvah had a chazaka that was always kosher. Therefore, anybody until this point is tahar. Rabbi Kiva, however, metame. Rabbi Kiva says, no. We go all the way back from, to the last time we knew it was kosher for sure. Everybody who dipped in until then is Tame. Wow, I'm a Rabbi Tarfon. Mikvah's a Bechetzka's Shalom Uomid. Misafek at the Bala Chasro? Ata Chasreinu Misafek. Rabbi Tarfon challenges Rabbi Kiva and he says, What are you going to make everybody Tame? This, this Mikvah had a Chasko's Kashros all the years. Says Rabbi Akiva, I'm a Rabbi Kiva. Adam's a Bechetzka's Tame. He takes it into the Chasko, turns it into a Gavra thing. Adam's a Bechetzka's Tame Uomid. Misafek at the Bala Tara? Who dunked in it? Somebody who was for sure Tame. Now what? The mikvah is a suffix. You don't know when it became tame. You're going to be matar this guy off of a suffix. Ah, the tarenu So they're having this classic lumdish argument. You know what? This is like a kohen who's bringing a korban. In the middle of doing the avoda, he discovered that he's puzzled to do avoda because why? He's a, he turns out somebody's made that he's ben grusha ben chalutza. Well. What's Allah In a situation like that, then every if he had already done the avoda, it's valid. So the same too should be the case with the mikvah. In other words, Rabbi Tafron is saying, if you find out after the fact that you had done so the iser, well, you're going to be usher uh, to do avoda going forward. But all the avoda he did until then is actually valid, which is amazing, right? Because that actually speaks to. Definite situation that you were beforehand, and still the avoda is valid. To which I'm a Rabbi Kiva. Yeah, there's an, another corollary with a kohen. Right, if you find out that you're Ben Gusha Ben Chalutza, so then it's going to be valid the avoda. But if you find out that you're Balmum Shavadatu Psula, then the avoda that you did up until now is going to be puzzle. So we're going to pick up in the middle of Samach Vavim Beis. There's Hashem tomorrow in this discussion of Rabbi Tarfon and Rabbi Kiva with regards to Kohen and how that correlates to the mikvah and eventually get to Rabbi's um, uh, point with regards to Davar Shabbat Erva.